Hello and welcome to the Dream Infringement Hour on KSKQ. We are delighted to have you here. For it's here that you're gonna hear a show that's the cat's pajamas. A show lousy with songs and and stories based on a weekly theme. Um, I made my sultry jazz voice that I was attempting turned into like a like a speakeasy like 1920s jazz baby voice Um, but I'm gonna stop that now and I'm going to tell you a little bit about dream infringement dream infringement is comprised of a trio of compadres that means buddies and we like to as I stated earlier we like to play uh, place <laughs> we like to tell stories and play songs based on a weekly theme and this week's theme is all about strange news uh, from 2022 because we all lived through 2022 and we probably all got the regular news um, but sometimes those weird news stories like like to uh, slip between the cracks and here at Dream Infringement we like to suss them out, expose them to the light of day. So stay tuned for uh, strange news stories from 2022. We're going to start things off with ELO's song here is the news. The weather's fine, but there may be a meteor shower. Here is the news. In the news, Argentine professional footballer Lionel Messi, widely regarded as one of the greatest players of all time, set another record on December 20th. After his Instagram post celebrating Argentina's World Cup win became the most liked on Instagram. Breaking a nearly four-year-old record held by the photo of an egg. You see, back then, when Kendall Jenner got millions of likes for a post about her hair, someone posted an egg and was like, please like this egg. Please make this egg more relevant on Instagram than Kendall Jenner. And I was happily one of the egg people. Emily said she never liked the egg, but she did like the photo. We embraced the concept of the egg. I said I felt a potato would have been a better choice over the egg. She said potatoes are more charming. I said they're truly versatile. But even though it wasn't a potato, we liked the egg photo. And now it no longer has the the clout. And maybe a new generation of egg people will rise up again and start clicking the like button. But I, I kind of doubt it. I don't think the egg has what it takes to compete with Lionel Messi. Like it could take down Kendall Jenner. 
but Lionel, an actual human accomplishment versus a chicken's misgivings, I feel like Messi's got it in this one. So anyway, moment of radio silence for our dear friend, the egg. It is with a heavy heart that I wrap up this particular news story for 2022. You know, I was definitely flummoxed on what song to pick. So I'm just going to go with a Korean artist called Standing Egg. The song is I'll Pick You Up, which is fitting. We hope the egg picks up. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and it's a very sweet, romantic, upbeat song that doesn't really fit the situation. This is what we will we'll make do with this very sweet, romantic song by Standing Egg. Did you know that there is a swastika mountain in Oregon? No? Neither did I. And neither did a lot of people, which is why it got overlooked for so long. Uh, so swastika mountain is in Oregon's Umpqua National Forest, and it's actually in the process of being renamed. And it, it's been named Swastika Mountain for over a century. So that's a long, long time. So um, the mountain kind of came up in the news in um, January of 2022 because there were two hikers who got rescued from the peak of Swastika Mountain. And then 81-year-old Joyce McLean, that was the first time she had heard of it and it didn't set well with her. Um, she is quoted as saying in an interview with NPR um, that people need to come forward and take action when they see something that isn't right or something needs to be changed because one person can make a difference and this shows how that is true. So she really spearheaded um, the renaming of Swastika Mountain, thank goodness. Apparently the mountain and nearby town were both named swastika in the early 1900s. So that was long before the Nazis. Um, and there was a local ranch there that had the, the same name and it would use that symbol to brand cattle. Um, however, it's interesting to note that the symbol of the swastika has actually been used in multiple ancient societies across the world. And it was co-opted by Adolf Hitler. So he took some a symbol that wasn't his to begin with and then made it into this really like ugly thing. So it's not like the mountain was named or the town, you know, and the mountain. They were not named because of the Nazis. But now, because in the history that we know, that was taken and it means something really horrendous and ugly. The good news is that the Historical Society and its board are considering renaming 
um, the mountain Mount Halo, which would be named after Chief Halito of the Yonkala Kalapoya tribe. So that sounds like a better name for it. And it's just wild that something like that went overlooked for so very long. All my friends there holding on those reeds, young and then the mountain going like a bee. It's a very stereotypical trope. It starts when you're young and parents, relatives, friends of parents and relatives say, so when are you going to get a girlfriend or when are you going to get a boyfriend? And then you start dating and then it's, when are you going to get married? Are you engaged yet? When are you going to settle down? And then finally you get married and then it's, when are you going to have kids? If you have a kid, it's when are you going to have the next kid? It never ends. These uh, <laughs> achievements of relationships and, and family planning, I guess. You expect that, though, a little bit from the family, the relatives, the friends. But what about a telemarketer? <laughs> In China, that whole one-child-only law that lasted about 35 years is not working out so great in the long term. And so now they have a lot of older people, but not enough younger people to kind of even out the population. Their younger population is shrinking. And on social media, before it was swiftly removed by whatever social media overlords exist in that part of the world, a few women have begun to share their experiences. A woman was told by an official that the local government wants newlyweds to be pregnant within a year and their target is to make a phone call every quarter. The first time she was asked if she was taking folic acid and if she was preparing to conceive. The second time she was asked if she was already pregnant. You're married. Why are you still not preparing for pregnancy? Take the time to have a baby, she was told. And, I mean, their city just got out of lockdown. The uncompromising zero COVID policy to try and stamp out COVID outbreaks put strict controls on people's lives. And it says it may have caused a really profound lasting damage to their desire to have children. And also to already have people asking where the baby is. Like in this economy, people are thinking twice. They don't want to take that on. And I can't imagine how deeply personal that line of questioning is to have it come from a stranger where you're basically on a call rotation from people that are trying to pressure you to have kids for the, the betterment of society. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out if they'll start offering incentives. If that's what you want, you better make it lucrative. So we'll see how they handle that. I'm going to go with the Ronettes, Be My Baby, mostly because I just really like that song and it has the word baby in it and I've now justified its relevancy.
Hi there, this is Bobby. I searched far and wide all of the corners of the internet for unique, interesting news that happened in 2022 that spoke to me, that really jumped out at me. And I found something, but I wanna give you a full disclosure. This story that I'm about to deliver is sad. It has to do with an animal and so if that combination of story is triggering for you or just plain depressing to you and it's not something you want to hear right now, uh, then consider yourself forewarned. Okay, moving on. So the story that I found takes, part, uh, takes place in Bismarck, North Dakota, and it involves a woman who has what I can only imagine is a very big heart. She probably has a very deep love for animals and caring for animals. And so it begins with a woman who has a love for animals. So it started with her and her family finding a raccoon and naming this raccoon Rocky. The raccoon was found on the side of the road and they were nursing it back to health. And this is a lovely thing that Erin is her name, Erin uh, at the age of 38 years old, that she extended her herself to do, to care for a wild animal who needed to be brought back to health. So obviously, we're already on Erin's side. We love that she did this. She cares for animals. She wants to actively take care of animals that are in need, okay? But then there is a lapse in judgment. And you may still continue to side with Aaron, and I wouldn't blame you because people got to live, right? But here's her lapse in judgment. She brings the raccoon into her local bar. Now, according to the information that is available when it comes to this story, the visit to her local bar, it went pretty smooth and uneventful. She brings this possibly injured raccoon that she's nursing back to health into the bar. Maybe it was in a box. Maybe she was carrying it in a stroller. Maybe it was riding on her shoulders. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is she brought this wild raccoon into the bar. Maybe had some drinks. I mean, why else do you go to a bar? Maybe the peanuts were good. I imagine she sits down she exchanges some words with the bartender, with some of the bar patrons, possibly regulars that she's familiar with. They all talk about the raccoon. Maybe they go and look at it. Maybe it's a friendly raccoon and they pet it. I don't know. I don't know what you do with a wild raccoon that you're taking care of. I don't know what state the raccoon was in. Maybe it was heavily sedated. None of this was in the story that I read online. But I can speculate, and I know you are too as you listen to this story, okay? But the fact of the matter is, is she brought the raccoon into the bar, stayed for a bit, and then left. She left. Now, this was probably just a tiny blip on her radar, but guess what happens? Someone reports her. It doesn't say who, but someone ends up reporting her to the police reporting the fact that she brought this raccoon into the bar and that that's illegal. And so she ends up getting confronted with this by the law. And the question on law enforcement's mind is, where is the raccoon? Well, guess what? Aaron cannot produce the raccoon. 
The raccoon is nowhere to be found. Meanwhile, Erin zips her lips and throws away the key. The only key. On September 14th, after serving several search warrants in and around the county that she lives in to find her and the raccoon, according to court documents, she wouldn't disclose Rocky's location. Keeping a wild raccoon as a pet is illegal under state law, as is keeping a bat or skunk because they're known carriers of rabies, according to North Dakota's Game and Fish website. So what started as a gesture of true humanity, caring for an injured animal, ends with something that really I'm sure Erin and the rest of her family never imagined would happen when they saved that raccoon on the side of the road and tried to nurse it back to life. The authorities ultimately found the raccoon and the raccoon was euthanized. After the raccoon passed, it was determined that it did not, in fact, have rabies. Yes, I know, this is like an extremely sad story. It's an interesting story because I feel like it's a story that needs to be told because there are so many giant pieces of news that is, you know, like the stake of the news media. Everyone wants to talk about the virus or the various viruses. Everybody wants to talk about things that are happening out in the world with like the economy or about the president. And while those things are obviously important and affect our lives, I think that there are pieces of news that kind of show human nature, that show us like what people are doing that are not living far from where we are. People that come from a lot of the same places that we come from, that we could relate to, that, that you might find yourself friends with. A person that saves a raccoon from the side of the road, tries to nurse it back to life, then brings it into a bar, and then gets in trouble for bringing it into a bar. And ultimately it ends with, with the unfortunate loss of life for this sweet little raccoon. Where we live, I see, especially during the summertime, a lot of raccoons, they will hang out like in inside those little like uh, drainage gutters that are on the side of roads. You can see their like little eyes sometimes and sometimes even their little hands. And they're so cute. And I know that there's something really interesting there about raccoons. They're, they have such a polarized nature because they are so stinking adorable am i right i mean if you've ever seen a if you like youtube baby raccoons they are so cute and and they and you know a lot of cute animals don't grow up to be cute um like a lot of cute animals that are babies do not grow up to be cute adults like sometimes that doesn't that that doesn't happen but like raccoons are so cute as babies and they grow up to be very adorable adults and they're still like fluffy and have those little human like hands and their cute little bandit faces and they get into garbage cans and they kind of scavenge and they also can give you rabies some have been known to attack people again very polarized little critter but isn't that the thing 
with an animal like a raccoon, it seems like the kind of animal that you can have as a pet, that you can have as a friend, like a little furry friend. But there also is this terrifying side to this kind of wild animal. It's a bandit. It's like in those Old West movies when the hero ends up having to travel with the bad guy and ends up seeing like that the bad guy isn't that bad after all like he's just like him he came from a tough life and he's like really at the heart of it is a really good guy but by nature he is looking for an opportunity to steal your money or run away with your boots or something and so when it comes to the bandit you can't really a hundred percent trust him you might find him endearing you might think he's kind of sweet, but in the end, he might run off with your horse and all of your stuff while you're cooking beans over the fire. I don't want to make light of this very sad story that I just delivered to all of you. Um, I'm going to end it with a little bit of a melancholy song. This song is by Mid Lake, and it's called Bandits. Enjoy. If you ever want to be overrun by bandits To hand over all of your things to start over new Do you ever hear of things that seem very European? Apparently this is one of those things. Switzerland and Denmark are doing it. And now a sole Parisian undertaker aims to introduce the bicycle hearse in France. Isabelle Plumereau hopes that this will soon bring a new green way of conducting funerals to the French capital, which I have to question, like, are there that many hearses that they're just polluting the environment? They're like the number one contributors because I I don't think, <laughs> I think we would know. They were like these gas guzzling French hearses, but I mean, but she's trying to do her part to, to go green. So, I mean, there's that. Um, and they say quieter, environmentally conscious burials are a small but growing trend. She said, for me, it makes sense to combine the bicycle and the hearse because when we talk about bicycles in Paris, we are talking about soft mobility. And if there is one day when we need softness, it's the day when we accompany someone we love to their final resting place. Everyone walks at the same pace and we hear each other. We hear the sounds of nature around us, the wind in the trees, the birds. In my view, this is the best way to console yourself. While that does sound peaceful, it's odd looking at the picture because the hearse part of the bicycle is in the front. And I cannot wrap my head around how she's steering. Because if the bicycle was in the front, kind of like a, a, a wagon type, you know, hitch thing, that would be, you know, controlling which way you go. So I don't know how this works. Um, also, I feel uncomfortable if someone's doing hard labor like if we were to go up a hill or something I would be very distracted like is it really heavy is it hard to bicycle up a hill is it um, is this like difficult I, I don't know 
though it sounds peaceful, but I feel like maybe there's other ways to, to get the peacefulness. Maybe even like a sort of multi-person rickshaw where everyone can just sort of like walk together, pulling it along or something. Oh, but if people are into it and it's like what you need to feel at peace or feels right to you, I mean, let people have their bicycle horses, right? Why not? Plumero said she already had official authorizations to use the bicycle hearse after adapting it to French regulations and was just waiting for the green light from her insurer to get started. Guess you would need insurance, unlike a normal <laughs> uh, bicycle. Uh, it says people passing by gazed at the black and lightwood bicycle hearse, some of them intrigued, not all convinced. It's quite innovative, 49-year-old Elias Mazou said, before adding that he wouldn't want it for his own funeral. But the more it's used, the more it may catch on. I guess we shall see in the future if perhaps she has a league of bicycle horses, uh, or just the one. Anyhow, the song that I picked is by Nat King Cole, and it is Bicycle Built for Two. Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer do. I'm half crazy, all for the love of you. It won't be a stylish marriage. This story involves a 55-year-old woman in Massachusetts named Rory Woods. She faced down cops with an unusual dangerous weapon. I did not think that this was something that could be weaponized. But when you're a professional beekeeper, perhaps you think differently. So here's how it went down. Deputies were in the process of enforcing an eviction notice to a man who had been litigating against his removal for years, and he had garnered support of local anti-eviction groups. This group, which Rory Woods was a part of. So they're trying to evict him. She arrives in the morning towing a stack of manufactured beehives with an SUV. She exited the vehicle, tried to open the lids to unleash the bees. A sheriff's deputy tried to stop her, but as the agitated bees started getting out and circling the area, he pulled back. She then smashed the lid of one hive and flipped it off the flatbed, further agitating the bees. They swarmed the area, stinging several officers and bystanders who were nearby. One deputy was taken to the hospital where he was treated. Meanwhile, she put on a professional beekeeper suit and carried a tower of bees to the front door of the home, trying to stop the eviction. At that point, deputies were able to arrest her. Hamden County Sheriff Nick Kochi said, I support people's right to protest peacefully. But when you cross the line and put my staff and the public in danger, I promise you will be arrested. She faces four felony counts of assault and battery by means of a dangerous weapon, and three counts of assault, also by means of a dangerous weapon. She also faces a misdemeanor disorderly conduct charge. I really want there to be some sort of animal abuse law in effect here. I wish that there was like a honeybee court because she assaulted a lot of bees. They were peacefully doing their bee thing 
and then they're literally shaken up, thrown around. I mean, I thought beekeepers were like one with the hive. Like there was an insect to human symbiotic thing. I guess not. Maybe the power that she had as a beekeeper just went to her head. That was the first thing that she thought of. Like, how do I solve this problem and protest what is happening? I will take my source of livelihood and launch them at the authorities. Like, how did she think that would go down? They'd say, oh no, now that you've brought out the bees, we realize we're wrong. We won't evict this man anymore. He's just free to live here forever now because of this. No, there there was no way where this course of action was going to help this situation unless she was hoping to get publicity perhaps for the cause and was like, I will go down in flames and I'm taking my bees with me. I kind of hope that if she gets any kind of probation, the judge will just throw that in there. Like, you're no longer a beekeeper. You are not permitted to have a hive for like the next six years. If you are found keeping bees, you may incur jail time and you will henceforth be shunned by the Beekeepers Association of North America or something. Also, once they arrested her, what happened to the bees? Did they have to call in an emergency alternate beekeeper to like try and track down the queen and convince the hive to like stop being agitated and like kind of collect in one area and be transported away? Like, ah, this, this, I have questions. This song is by Big Mama Thornton and it's the Bumblebee Blues. In other bee news, did you know that a bee is a fish? (laughs) At least that's what California would like you to believe. I don't know why I'm, I'm channeling so many different characters tonight. That was my, my character of someone, um, from Oregon who doesn't like people from California. Uh, but that, that's not representative of who I am. And this is actually about the bees and it is an interesting concept. So bear with me. A California court ruled that bees are now considered fish in some circumstances. A Sacramento appeals court ruled on May 31st of 2022 that some bumblebees can legally be considered fish under the California Endangered Species Act. Why though? But why though? It's actually a good, it's a good reason that'll make you happy, I think. The debate over classifying bees as fish Uh, started in 2018 when three public interest groups, the Center for Food Safety, the Xerxes Society for Invertebrate Conservation, and the Defenders of Wildlife wanted four types of bumblebees to be listed as endangered and to be protected under CESA. The problem, though, was that the CESA protects native species or subspecies of a bird, mammal, fish, amphibian, reptile, or plant. 
which completely overlooks uh, insects. So the public interest groups argued, however, that bees actually fit under CESA's definition of a fish. So here it is, a wild fish, mollusk, crustacean, invertebrate, amphibian, or part spawn or ovum of any of those animals. The key word here is invertebrate. Because bees are invertebrates, the four bumblebees species technically fit under CESA's definition of fish and can therefore be protected in California as endangered species. And that was the final court ruling. But it wasn't the final court ruling because the ruling was overturned in 2020 by the Sacramento County Superior Court. Uh, there were seven agricultural groups that argued that invertebrates referred only to marine invertebrates, not insects. Oh my gosh, you guys just saved the bees already, right? Like, who cares? This is just down to semantics at this point, and that kind of thing drives me crazy. The court wrote in its ruling, Although the term fish is colloquially and commonly understood to refer to aquatic species, the term of art employed by the legislature in the definition of fish in section 45 is not so limited. So, <laughs> a fish could be, I mean, a bee could be a fish to save them. So here are the four species of bumblebees. The first one has an unfortunate name. It's the crotch bumblebee, and I think that after it becomes protected, they should think of a different name for it. So we've got that one, we've got the Franklin bumblebee, the suckly cuckoo bumblebee, and the western bumblebee. Um, and they are once again eligible to officially become endangered species under the California Endangered Species Act. Essentially, it will protect colonies of these bumblebee species from being killed intentionally. Who is intentionally killing the bumblebees? Come on, you guys. Anyway, now you can tell your friends that bees are fish and they'll be confused. And then you can tell them um, that, that they are and you can tell them why and it'll be fun for you all. Because isn't that what friendship is all about? Here is of Montreal's song, Happy Yellow Bumblebee. We also had some sad news to share. Our friend, volunteer, management committee member, and super deluxe KSKQ listener, Jan Elliott, passed away last Saturday. She'd been with KSKQ for many years, and though she never had a show, she never lost her enthusiasm for the station. She devoted a lot of her personal time and this was something that was very important to her to keep the station going. She was quoted in the Mail Tribune back in 2017 saying about KSKQ, what I love about it is that it's independent and you have freedom of thought and expression. I feel validated in the sense that I can participate in integrating the community. And she ended up organizing a six session course at the Osher Lifelong Learning at SOU and it covered the media in society, along with some of the etiquette, some of the rules, 
and the core being hands-on experience at the station where people got to speak on air and practice developing a plan for the show. So she definitely will be missed. She was so much a fixture. Every board meeting, every like producers meeting, Jan was there supporting and you know getting things done in the background. So you may not have heard her voice, but at the same time, through all of us, you were hearing her voice. The station itself, all of the producers, were really kind of a living legacy because this wouldn't have been possible without her. I just wanted to, you know, let Jen's friends and family know that uh, our hearts go out to them and we we hope as they begin to, to process the loss that there are so many hopeful and joyful memories that come about and that brings them some some comfort. Also the fact that we're really so grateful for all her efforts to sort of tirelessly bring the community together and we're very very grateful. Well that concludes our show. We're going to play you out with a song from the year that uh, Jan was born. Um, This is Stardust by Lily Armstrong and um, we hope that you have a really wonderful rest of your week and stick around for the world music show coming up after this and tune back in next week for more dream infringement good night everyone